back on the ridge walk having just done the big walk up two uh, two buzzards today on the walk up which was great to see some very poor photos of them I think it's very difficult with just a phone camera I thought I'd talk a bit about um, a line in Dogen's Rules for Meditation, which is a scripture I think I've mentioned before, and I highly recommend if you Google that. It's a remarkable piece of work, and pretty much every line in it you could talk about for an hour a day, a year. Don't worry. <laughs> I'll be only talking about a single sentence. Um, and that, that, that sentence or that instruction is give up everything. Like most of Dogen's writing, it's multi, multi-layered. Works on many scales, many levels, and it's true from the first time you sit in meditation to the last time. So starting with the context of sitting meditation, uh, give up everything is actually somewhat related to include the uh, just being still with whatever is there. There's an extent to which give up everything is actually give up trying to manipulate anything, trying to have anything, trying to not have anything. As the instruction goes, it's very, uh, you know, you're told to not hold on, not push away, whatever is there. And I think give up everything is very much in that spirit. It's not necessarily a grand renunciation of selfishness or any particular 
habit or anything like that, which is what I think sometimes it's easy to think of when you think of uh, giving up things. But give up everything, it doesn't. <laughs> Clearly that's a different that's a different kind of giving up. Another way of putting it is letting go. Just letting things be as they are, including whatever is going on, however lovely or unpleasant or boring or maybe nothing. So give up everything is very much a reflection of the, or an aspect of the noble truths, the four noble truths, which is uh, uh, particularly the, the cause of suffering is clinging and there is a way beyond clinging, which is the Noble Eightfold Path. And right, there's a whole bunch of aspects of meditation which are spokes on, on the wheel of the Eightfold Noble Path of right mindfulness, right thought, right meditation. Right speech is there as well, I believe. So, which I think is very interesting. Something that I have struggled with in my time and still occasionally find myself uh, blundering into <laughs> things. I have. I think I may have mentioned I have a historically had a very minimal filter. Very often things would appear in my head and they'd already be spoken. So um, kind of awkward at times, to say the least. But uh, again, it's one of those things where with meditation, um, partly just letting things be brings a kind of relaxation and you realise that there's a, a kind of energy that flings you through into um, a lack of control of speech, if you like. It's probably the wrong word for it, but not being able to choose is maybe the best, best way of putting it. And I think, again, that's one of the benefits of meditation. Suddenly, things which seemed to be beyond our control, over time, become less and less of an issue. Very often, in fact, it's not about gaining control of things. It's suddenly realising years later that they no longer push your buttons. They no longer wind you up and it's not an issue anymore. Um, of course, we're never free from irritants and uh, things that we would rather not were the case. And you know, We wouldn't be human if we didn't we didn't feel that we'd also be pretty useless as teachers and useless as human beings really because we're all teaching all the time so yes give up everything and that seems again very tied into the the actual physical practice of seated meditation there's a stability, both of mind and body, which means that when things arise in the mind, we don't necessarily identify with them as us. 
and we can watch them go through with a kind of generosity. Hi. Sorry? I'm getting too old for this. Ah, never too old. things that comes with a bit of experience of this stuff just having done it for a while which is an opportunity open to to everybody basically is that you realize that the things you were holding on to uh, are never worth the gripping the grasp The other thing is that letting go of things doesn't mean they disappear. It's just we change our... We change our relationship with them, in a a way, and... I think, again, this is another aspect of... Give up everything. Giving up everything is about not telling the world how to be. There's there's another scripture by Dogen. I think it's the Denkoroku. I'm probably wrong there. um, If I'm wrong... I'll put a note in the margin. Um, I'll put a note in the show notes here. But um, anyway, it's quite a famous piece of teaching from Dogen, which is basically: if you if you send yourself out into the world and tell the world what it is, then that's delusion. If the world tells you what it is, then that's enlightenment. And, again, that ties in very, very closely with letting go. Because, really, what we're letting go of is our fixed ideas and opinions about things. That kind of harks back to the scepticism talk I did a while ago. We just let space in, and we let things talk to us rather than the other way round. bike going up the up the lane here. I think for a lot of people there's quite a lot of fear involved in letting go in this way. Because it 
because we identify ourselves so much with our thoughts and states of mind and all sorts of things that just letting things be exactly as they are without interference, without... I don't know, it's, it's a, it feels like a big letting go of control, which I, I guess it is, but as I've said, uh, as the way it seems to work is that most of the time we give up control, we give up grasping in tiny little pieces over many, many years. And occasionally I think we, we, we let go of bigger and smaller chunks of this stuff. But I think it becomes clear over time that um, it, it never ends. It's a never-ending process. There's always another There's always another thing to let go of. In part, if, if, if your mind is like mine, then I'm always finding new things to, to get grasping onto. So... Um, So it's not like it's a one-off thing, which is a kind of tempting idea. I think that in itself is quite interesting, this, the attraction to this idea of a permanent state of enlightenment or bliss or whatever. I think that's really interesting because clearly that state is something that can be grasped after. And in some ways it's no surprise that the world that we live in, the Saha world, the world of samsara, constantly changing. The world which is unsatisfactory, as long as we're involved in grasping, because it's always changing. I think it's incredibly powerful teaching. vintage car <laughs> hood down right getting off the off the lane now onto the field so. yeah it's incredibly incredibly powerful teaching in that Clinging to the constructions of the mind cannot help be anything other than unsatisfactory. It can be useful if we're doing mathematics or writing a computer program or something like that, then there will be an element of um, working with abstractions and, um, and ideas, and that's absolutely fine. That's, that's what they're for. But if, if they're clung to, then they are already unsatisfactory. They're already a source of suffering. And it's only a matter of time. It's either instant or later. But there will be a, uh, a need to let go.
again I think we've all we all experienced that a reality gap we find something we think is the answer maybe and uh, over time we find it less and less satisfying and the longer we the longer we try not to acknowledge that, the, the less satisfying it becomes until we just have to say, you know what, enough's enough, I can't do that anymore. So, yeah, give up everything. Also in the rules for meditation, it talks about the consequences of the fruits of meditation. Um, and one of the things, two of the things it mentions is that you become, as the mountain where on the tiger roams, and as the water where in the dragon dwells. And I think this is what I meant about everything that you give up. what you're actually opening up, what you're letting yourself open up to in letting go of these small things is so much greater. And there seems to be a process of letting go allowing us to deepen our meditation and deepening our meditation allows us to let go which means that we shouldn't again we shouldn't force we shouldn't force ourselves sorry I just had to blow an insect off my arm um, we shouldn't force ourselves um, we shouldn't push too hard because it's it's happening and again attachment to progress attachment to any particular state not really what we're after. Well, I feel like I've spoken a fairly large amount. So maybe I should leave it now. But as ever with Dogen, it really is I think my teacher's teacher said it was, you know, the teachers, the great teachers are kaleidoscopic in their, in their understanding and in their expression of their, of their understanding. It, it definitely feels like that. It's um, unfathomable. And yet we can read it and we can put it into practice and we can deepen our understanding. So I hope you have a very good day. Stay well.